Hello and welcome. You're watching We the People. I'm Sarah Jacob. This week, a letter co-signed by Elon Musk and thousands of others demanding a pause in artificial intelligence research has created a firestorm. On the 22nd of March, more than 1,800 signatories, including Musk, the cognitive scientist Gary Marcus, the Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, they all called for a six-month pause on the development of artificial intelligence. These signatories to this open letter, key figures in the world of artificial intelligence, they want now, they say they want a training of powerful AI systems to be suspended amidst fears of a threat to humanity. In this open letter, they're warning of potential risks. They say the race to develop AI systems is out of control. The letter asks AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems that are more powerful than GPT-4. So what's GPT-4? Well, developed by OpenAI. That's a company co-founded by Musk and now backed by Microsoft. GPT-4 has developed the ability to hold human-like conversation. It can do everything from compose songs, poems, and uh, summarize lengthy documents. Such AI systems, which have what is called as a human competitive intelligence, pose profound risks to humanity, the letter claimed. Now, advanced AIs, they say, need to be developed with care. That's what the letter says. But instead, what we're seeing in recent months, we've seen AI labs locked in an out-of-control race to deploy, uh, develop and deploy ever more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict or control. So you have Elon Musk and top AI researchers calling for a pause on giant AI experiments in this open letter that says the current race dynamic in AI is dangerous. It calls for the creation of independent regulators to ensure future systems are safe to deploy. So it all sounds very worrying. What should we take away from this? That's why we know you feel the same and you have these concerns. And that's why we're doing this show and we put together this show for you. So who are the signatories to this letter? Well, the signatories include the author, Yuval Noah Harari, the Apple co-founder, we have uh, Steve Wozniak, uh, we have uh, the Skype co-founder, John Tallinn, the politician, Andrew Yang, a number of well-known AI researchers and CEOs, including Stuart Russell, Joshua Bengino, Gary Marcus, the Stability AI CEO, Ahmad Mostik, and researchers at the Alphabet's AI lab, DeepMind. So the question we're asking, is the world prepared for the coming AI storm? Joining us uh, on We the People tonight, we have Matteo Flora, professor of uh, adjunct professor of corporate reputation, international cybersecurity expert and AI expert and an entrepreneur joining us from Italy. Ankush Sabarwal, founder and CEO of CoRover, a tech expert associated with the government of India for IR, CTC, etc. apps. Jibu. Elias, uh, Head of Content and Research at India AI, that's the National AI Portal, a fellow for Responsible Computing Fellow for India at Mozilla. And uh, Kazim Rizvi, Founder, Director, the Dialogue Expert on AI and a Tech Policy Expert. Matteo Flora, let's start with you simply because uh, Italy also made headlines this week because uh, it banned Chat GPT uh, was banned in Italy over privacy concerns, and this action by Italy's data protection agency is the first known instance of Chat GPT being blocked by a government order. Can you uh, just put this into perspective for us? 
why, what prompted this and what the reactions have been in Italy to this uh, open letter by Musk and uh, many others considered to be AI experts. Well, let's start uh, from what happened. The Italian Data Protection Authority has imposed a temporary restriction on data processing for the Italian users of ChatGPT. Uh, as a result, uh, OpenAI is now subject to an official investigation regard regarding its compliance or not with the data protection regulation. Mm. Uh, as a result, OpenAI has unilaterally blocked access to Italian customers, but this will in no way be sufficient to answer uh, the question raised by the authority. That covers four main points. First of all, a data breach. OpenAI uh, experienced a, a data breach uh, on March 20, exposing user conversation and information uh, uh, related to its paid subscription service. The DPA notice reveals concern regarding the absence of uh, whatsoever disclosure about the collection of data. The second one is uh, uh, that the DPA specifically highlights the lack of justification for collecting and storing massive amount of personal information that was used to train the platform itself. So we are talking about training. We're not talking right now in uh, uh, conversations uh, done by users. The third one is uh, uh, that the, um, the privacy authority found that the information given by ChatGPT did not always match the actual data of people. Yep. And yep. so there is uh, an inaccurate processing and uh, uh, misinterpretation of personal detail. And the fourth one, that's the easier one, um, while ChatGPT is targeted to users above 13 years old, as stated in uh, the, terms, uh, the terms of services, however, the DPA has raised concern regarding the absence of any kind of age verification mechanism, which could expose mines, minors to unsuitable information, uh, etc. The company has now 20 days uh, to uh, comply and to answer or face uh, penalty up to 20 million euros or 4% of the global annual revenue, whichever is higher. All right. Uh, all right. I'm not sure how... Uh how one can actually enforce this and how one can live in as what we call the world is flat, but it's a great conversation starter. What happened in Italy? Can we see this in other countries? Because that's one of the aspects that the letter raises. We need to look at what kind of restrictions need to be put in place and are our governments on board. But first of all, I just want to understand, get back to the bigger picture. Uh, Kazim Rizvi, can we just uh, get from you... Um, Put this into perspective for us. How has this open letter actually gone down um, across the world, uh, in the U.S., in the tech world, in Silicon Valley? Because we know who signed the open letter, right? But interestingly, or perhaps predictably, Sam Altman, chief executive of OpenAI, is not among those who have signed the letter yet, I think. Uh, Sundar Pichai, Satya Nadella, CEOs of Alphabet and Microsoft, they're also not among those who signed the letter. So can we say this is the gospel truth. This is seriously an issue and everyone needs to respond with alacrity to the contents of this open letter. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I will just like to sort of respond also in terms of what the open letter is talking and uh, just a general conversation around chat GPT but also the use of AI globally and certain ideological <coughs> questions that have to be answered. I think what the uh, Italian uh, government is trying to do is understand 
and test uh, chat GPT with respect to how it's complying with GDPR uh, and with local data privacy laws. I think that is very important. Uh, and I think it also sort of uh, uh, brings us to the question in terms of what are the principles of regulation we need to imbibe uh, globally as well as in India. Yes. So as to minimize harms and prevent risk of any technology. Uh, bear in mind the fact that, look, uh, it is an important technology and I don't think uh, the right solution would be to say that, look, let's do away with it. I think what we need is a lot of collective discussion and maybe the open letter is a start to a conversation in terms of how do we regulate AI going forward, both on the level of corporates who are developing this tool, yeah. but also on the part of the government, right? Uh, there are three things which I sort of want to talk about. Number one is around bias. Uh, and we understand that, you know, AI depends on data. The more data you feed, the more accurate yep. it becomes. But we also need to understand in terms of the quality and veracity of data, which is being fed into the AI technologies yep. and how uh, this data is being collected. Who are developing the technology? I think we need a lot more diversity. Conversations around diversity by design, privacy by design when it comes to developing AI technology, both at the level of development, but also once the technology is being used in the public domain. Now, ChatGPT learns from humans, right? It, it, it sort of uh, takes the learnings and improves itself, which is a great idea. But at the same time, we also need to be able to understand that how the technology is evolving over a period of, let's say, two years, four years, or five years, and what are the upgrades that are coming on, yeah. and how do we ensure that you are minimizing the harms to society? Uh, How do we, we seem to always be playing catch up by the time you figure out what to put in place in terms of regulation, the technology has already moved on to the next version. But Ankur Sabarwal, so we're talking about cons, right? Like we know there needs to be regulation. We know there are cons, whether it's risk to a democracy because you have like what you call weaponized disinformation. There's a loss of uh, possible loss of jobs because of displacement of human skills, education, uh, there's plagiarism, there's devotement. I mean, there's cheating, basically. Um, this letter also, there was a recent report from uh, Goldman Sachs that said, yes, AI will increase productivity, but millions of jobs could become automated. So can we also just talk a little bit, could I put you on the spot? Could you tell us what the pros are then for artificial intelligence? Uh, thanks for asking this question to me. You know, it, it's like, uh, you know, the analogy is, uh, say, if you hire uh, someone as subordinate to you, and if that's subordinate tries to outperform you and he's generally intelligent <clears throat> what would you do would you fire that guy uh, right or, or, or you <laughs> like to perform uh, the best whatever that guy can uh, but at the same time you build the safety net and goodness around that so in the letter i've read that letter if you see there are two aspects i think spoken are articulated very well i think the first with their very articulate saying hey the safety net and governance should be there yes absolutely the governance should be there. But, uh, but can we say, hey, so you stop uh, the experiments around it? Is building the safety net and governance not part of the experiments, not yeah. part of the training? Well, even if you do that, how would you uh, ensure that doesn't happen? I think uh, whatever is the genuine demand of uh, putting the safety net and governance, that should be there. But but I think stopping it, uh, I think that's 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 not feasible and probably that's not going to happen. Uh, but All I right, so you're saying don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Absolutely. Let's. I think at this point of time, let's bring in, uh, if you're talking about the, the pros, how it can be used for a greater good, we have someone I'm very honored to have on the show, Lina Rafiq, 
who is uh, all of 11 years old and she's sharing the platform with all of you, a man. I'm glad this is not a manal because this 11-year-old girl has introduced an AI application that can help detect uh, eye disease by screening and analyzing your eyes. So fantastic. Leela Rafiq, thank you for joining us. Quickly tell us about uh, your uh, innovation and what it has to do with AI. Leela, you may need to unmute. In my opinion, AI should not be passed or freezed because it's going rap- rapidly and very quickly and it's very very useful for the human so you so, so you introduce an application it's called ogler eye scan it detects four different types of eye diseases right and you can find out if you have a cataract and arcus melanoma and the app comes up with 70% accurate results is that correct yes actually Yes, so four diseases has four AI models currently. And 70% accurate results. All right, just quickly tell us, uh, Lena, how did you get into this AI when you were like, you're only 11? Were there concerns? Were there family, relatives, etc. asking, you know, why do you spend so much time on the internet and, you know, how one has to be concerned? Just take us through what uh, what you faced growing up. Well... Actually, my family is, is very supportive. Actually, they gave me KGP, uh, Advanced Knowledge Gaining Process, for me to learn this ad, ad, uh, advanced artificial intelligence machine learning and coding. Yeah. So they were actually very helpful and more supportive. And, and this is what you want to do in, in, in the future? What do you want to do going forward? Well, I want to... Uh, I have goals and I have... Uh, I'm going to learn more and using that, I'm going to fi- solve many issues in this world. All right, you're going to solve many issues in this world. We need more uh, young people uh, like you with those kinds of aspirations who are able to make use of AI for what purpose perhaps it has been created to do more good in this world. But Jebu Elias, is that, am I being naive? Uh, We have new and capable regulatory authorities dedicated to AI. That's what this letter says, that we need... uh, regulatory authorities that are dedicated to AI. We've had recently a number of proposals for the regulation of technology in the US, in the UK, in the EU. Where does India stand on this? So uh, I think um, you know, India is India is in a very early stage when it comes to AI regulation. But at the same time, you know, what Lena is doing, right? That's one good example of how AI is being used for uh, the social good, right? For example, in India, we got only one eye doctor for uh, um, 200,000 people. 
And now if you have uh, tools like what Re- Lena has developed, I think a similar tool is employed by Tamil Nadu government called e-Parway, which detects uh, um, cataract. So this is where AI comes in handy, right? Like um, bringing down cost of diagnostics or uh, some of these areas in healthcare and agriculture, it's making a lot of progress. At the same time, you know, before I get into the regulation part, I want to say a lot of this current uh, situation is a lot of hype there. Uh, even the open letter, uh, the people who hasn't signed, like many of the top AI ethicists hasn't signed this open letter. Look at Timnit Gebru, who warned about this situation two, three years ago yeah. through her paper called Stochastic Parrots or uh, Jan Lekun, right? So uh, people are also pointing out the, what happened in 14th century when typewriters came out. The Catholic Church immediately put a ban yeah. for six months, right? So that's one thing. Secondly, uh, we are nowhere close to calling it a digital mind. You know, we, it's nowhere... AI, uh, like human competitive intelligence, it's not. What we are seeing is just language models and this uh, model architecture called transformers, which is very good in predicting the sequence of characters or words, which we find meaning in. Yes, these 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 kind of models can replace jobs. I think CNET is using this kind of jobs to create articles now. Uh, even I have uh, played with the uh, GPT-2, even in India AI. There are articles we uh, purposefully got GPT-2 to write on. So those things are there. But at the same time, we had to understand that the level of, we had to filter out the signal from the noise, the level of hype out there. Uh, okay. Now coming to the regulation, I think EU has one of the best models, which is risk-based models, right? The yep. more risk uh, a, a particular segment have, for example, healthcare, uh, uh, using AI healthcare is more riskier. So tighter regulations. Or, or if it's look at something um, like uh, uh, chatbots and all, they have a, a lesser yeah. regulation, but now they are reconsidering as a result of the, this chat GPT and all. So I think, uh, you know, we are also on the right path. We have the Digital India Bill coming up. We have the National Program on AI coming up. At the same time, India has a different view. India wants AI for all. We want AI to empower our society, like the Bashani program we have, which is a, a very good example. Or, or Angush has uh, worked with uh, many of these uh, IRCTs and many, many of providing these tools, right? The... Uh, my go help desk and so many programs the government has developed which is kind of bridging that gap even a few days back jensen huang said uh, this kind of ai will help india because now you don't need uh, experts to make calls you know people like lena or young people who don't have that kind of uh, experience or uh, who are coming into this space can use models like chat gpt to write codes you don't need to learn python or uh, hmm. uh, c or c++ to create program so in that way these new models will close the digital divide we have All in right. our country. But so yes, at the same time, uh, the right word to use is we have to be cautiously optimistic about the development and about how these things are turning out to be. But I don't think anyone is going to take this open letter seriously or going to shut down the uh, AI. And how much will six months, how much of a difference can six months actually make, right? Uh, 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 Matteo Flora, interestingly, you have the Twitter chief, now Twitter chief, Elon Musk, one of his many avatars, one of the many hats that he wears. He's among those who now want training of AIs above a certain capacity to be halted for six months. He's uh, he's the chief executive of uh, Tesla. So one of the co-founders of a company where basically uses AI for an autopilot system. So that in a sense... Uh, hypocritical in a way or can you should we look at it as um, you know more credibility because he's been in the system and now speaking out against it we have we haven't been uh, able to treat uh, data in a correct fashion uh, in the last 10 years uh, and uh, scandals like Cambridge Analytica show that up uh, to everyone and every in every part of the world so asking for a six-month 
stop. Yeah. Sounds more like uh, give me a little bit uh, more time to come up with my solution more than uh, let's find out uh, the correct solution. Here in Europe, the uh, Artificial Intelligence uh, Act, that is quite well made, I, <laughs> I, I must say, uh, has been in the works uh, for the last five years, I think. And uh, there are still things... Uh, that sort of evade uh, the kind of barriers uh, that are set in place. So stopping and asking for a six-month uh, uh, sort of truce uh, between uh, humanity and, and artificial intelligence isn't really going to do much more than a PR yeah. stunt. And yeah. in PR stunts, uh, Elon Musk is quite good. <laughs> All right. But, you know, we must mention the concerns about social media influence and politics. Society was very sharp in the aftermath of the 2016 U.S. presidential elections. Right. We had all those accusations about voter manipulation by foreign agents. So there are many concerns. But if I can ask you, Ankush Sabarwal, you were smiling over there. So let me ask you, what is because some of these the words in uh, this letter can be quite alarming. Right. So what? Would you be able to just put together for us, uh, for our viewers, what the worst case scenario in terms of AI being, quote, catastrophic to humanity could be? See, before that, you know, I agree with Matthew. So, uh, see, I respect uh, Elon Musk, whatever he has done. And his purpose is, of course, serving society with tech. But he's a great marketeer, uh, right? So, you see, one of the people who have signed this letter is the co-founder, I think, founder, CEO of Stability AI, mm -hmm. which is funded by Elon Musk, right? So I'll not talk much, much about it, but see, I think as in fact, I think someone said when um, calculators were coming and you see a lot of uh, social media, we're getting a lot of uh, memes where a lot of mathematicians said, hey, let's stop this, uh, give the moratorium, the calculator should not be there and should yes. not be Right. So everything comes with problems and see what are the hypes and whatever is the reality of chatbot, if that is understood and that that should be given it as a concrete uh, disclaimer. I think the worrying part about the chat GPT is uh, so they are ready to answer you everything. Right. So they are not saying, hey, you can ask me only only about yeah. this subject. This subject is saying, hey, you ask me anything. And they say everything with so much confidence and without any disclaimer whether this can be wrong, right? So we have to work towards the you know, sanitizing and alarming the okay. users. Hey, they can go even wrong. Okay. I want to just quickly ask you all about something that stood out to for me when I was trying to do some research on this. This speculatively whether letter R, should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart uh, make obsolete and replace us. Um, can I just get your responses to that? Kazim Rizvi, does in the future, is AI going to pose a more general threat to human control over our own civilization? Is that like, you, you see those things in the movies? No, I, I, I don't think so that's possible because I think uh, basically what, what AI is right now and what we see AI is the ability to understand and detect patterns uh, in, uh, by collecting, processing large volumes of data, right? That's the fundamental with respect to how AI performs. It does not have any human, uh, any emotional intelligence. It does not have, uh, empathy. It, it also does not have any type of consciousness, be alone human consciousness. So I, I do not think, at least at this stage and even going forward, that 
AI would be able to replace human minds and then bring right. itself together and then, you know, it's a bit tight over us. Jibu, earlier, same question to you. The, we t- there's this yes. whole uh, talk about singularity, right? What is that? It's a hypothetical future where technology surpasses human intelligence and change, yes. changes the path of our evolution. Some are predicting it's going to happen by 2045. Your your opinion on this? So the existential risk, uh, risk, as you mentioned, is a good diversion from the current problems that we have with AI, like uh, like people like Asim and um, pointed out the bias and few other things. Uh, now, coming to the question, artificial super intelligence or artificial general intelligence, the human level, I think it won't be a existential risk because we tend to compare a human intelligence with dominance. So we think we as humans, we are the most intelligent things on the planet and we ended up dominating this planet. So we think something that will be smarter than us end up dominating us. But if you look at uh, a lot of that has to do with our dominating nature, has to do with how uh, the natural level, natural selection worked, evolution worked and all those things. So that's there. But uh, to be honest, we are nowhere close to having a human uh, human level intelligence and it will take maybe beyond uh, 2045 or, or more than that. But I don't think there will be an existential threat from these models or, or these kind of AI, um, like the way we think, you know, uh, Terminator kind of scenario. That's uh, not going to happen because intelligence is not always... Uh, equal to dominance. I mean, we have seen female elephants, which is very intelligent, but they are uh, not a dominant uh, way. They're, they, they're very cooperative elephants uh, in general. So I think this kind of uh, narration should change. And we should look at the real problem that's happening right now. The job displacement, uh, the bias, the security, yeah. the privacy, these kind of problems are, uh, and most importantly, how these models are built on top of labor from uh, third world countries, right? People in Kenya were unnoting and working and building this data behind a chat GPT and at, at what two dollars per hour so this kind of labor exploitation also should be considered all right uh, do I have 30 seconds I can quickly ask Mateo Flora your response to on this whole uh, the fear that it will surpass human intelligence it's independent thinking no longer needs to take orders from humans it takes on a life of its own we are very 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 slow in incrementing our intelligence and our level of intelligence has been constantly steady for the last few millennia. The first uh, artificial intelligence uh, to be able to to show some kind of intelligence will overpower us in the space of a few seconds. But if you want to take a much better look than me at this kind of uh, uh, issues, you you better take a look at uh, Nick Bostrom's uh, book, uh, Superintelligence. Mm-hmm. He has been talking about that for the last uh, 10 years, I think. All right. Well, thank you all for being part of this conversation, for being on We The People. It's an important issue. Uh, It's been making headlines. Not enough shows were done uh, uh, on it this week. A lot of people are curious about it. So we're grateful for your time for trying to help separate uh, the noise from uh, the facts. Thank you for joining us on We The People. 